Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. The Word of God says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilah and the sons of Zilpah, his, brothers, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved them more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, They hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when when suddenly my sheaf rose rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream. And what he had said. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence in this moment. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. And I thank you, God, for your word. I ask you, Lord, that as we read through your word and as we study the life of Joseph, as we look into decisions that were made and as we look at behaviors, Lord, that we can uh, look at our own lives and that we can uh, relate to it, Lord, and that we can see the things that we need to address in our lives. I thank you, God, because your word is alive and your word is active and your word lord penetrates into our hearts and i just ask you today god that you would open our hearts open our minds in jesus name we pray amen amen can you give god one more hand praise and you may be seated hallelujah so in genesis chapter 37 we are first introduced to the character of joseph joseph was a young man Um, And as we read through the book of Genesis, we see Abraham. Um, Abraham had a son by the name of Isaac. And then Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. Jacob was known as Israel as well. And Jacob, Israel had 12 sons. And one of these young men, his name was Joseph. And when we're first introduced to Joseph, he's 17 years old. And the Bible tells us that Israel or Jacob... He loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And because because Joseph was loved more, Jacob had a a robe. It says the Bible says that he had an ornate robe made made for him. Uh, Some versions, the New King James Version or the King James Version calls it a coat uh, of many colors. It, it, was, it was in your face. It was loud. It was, 
it, it was something that was very, very uh, uh, custom made for Joseph. Um, and because Jacob loved him. He loved him so much. We don't know what the robe looked like, but, but we can have an idea, right, that, that, that it was kind of flashy. And as we read through the story, we begin to see how Joseph, he loved his coat. He, he loved his coat. I mean, this is probably a, uh, one of those kind of coats that you pick up at Neiman Marcus. If you've ever been to Neiman Marcus, I only walk through Neiman Marcus. I don't stop to shop at Neiman Marcus because it's just too expensive. But if you were to, maybe it was something he could have picked up there. It was something expensive, something flashy. And this robe that, that Joseph would wear, he would wear it everywhere. Have you ever had one of those pieces of clothing that either a shirt or a pair of pants or maybe a pair of shoes that you would wear everywhere? Everywhere? I mean like everywhere. Right? It's your favorite shirt. It's your favorite pair of pants. It's your favorite shoes. I mean you wear that thing out. And Joseph, he would wear his fancy jacket, he would wear this robe of many colors, and he would wear it not only at home, not only when he would go to church, but also when he would go into the pasture where his brothers were tending the flock of, of their father, and when they were working, he would wear uh, his, his, his clothes or his robe of many colors. And because of that, the Bible we just read says that his brothers hated him all the more for it. That they could not even speak a kind word to Joseph, to little Joey. Now when you look at this story, uh, those of us that are parents, we can identify the problem right away. Right? Those of us that we have children, multiple kids, we realize what the problem in this family is. And kids that have brothers and sisters, uh, the students that are here, some of you guys probably already know what the issue is also between Joseph and his brothers. And we see this issue rear its ugly head in Joseph's family, in Jacob's kids. And the problem is that this problem was not just within Jacob's family. This was something that went from generation to generation because if we read about Isaac... As I told you in the beginning, he had two sons, Esau and Jacob. The Bible tells us that Isaac favored his oldest son, Esau, more than Jacob. I mean, he loved Esau with all his heart. And the Bible says that when Esau was born, that, that he was born and he was really hairy. The Bible describes him as, as if having a hairy garment as soon as he was born. It was like, bam, he came out of the womb and he had a beard already. All right? This is what it was. And, and Isaac, he loved this boy. I mean, and the Bible tells us that Esau was rough. I mean, he was a man's man. He was a hunter. He was like, uh, uh, what's that guy's name that uh, survives in nature, Bear grill or whatever? I mean, he knew how to survive. He knew how to be out in the wilderness. He was a man's man. And, e and Esau was loved by his dad, Isaac, more than Joseph, I mean, than Jacob. Because Jacob, the Bible tells us that when he was born, he was quite the opposite of Esau. Where Esau was very hairy, Jacob was... The Bible says smooth. And the Bible tells us that uh, although Esau loved to be out in the wilderness, he liked to be hunting, he liked to be out in the, in the wild. 
Jacob liked to stay home. He loved to be within the tents. I don't know, maybe he was watching the cooking channel all day long with his mom, but we know that he was a mama's boy. We know this for sure. This is what the Bible tells us. And the Bible tells us that Isaac had this favorite, had his favorite son. His name was Esau. So Isaac loved Esau. Isaac favored Esau. And now Jacob, Jacob had to live his life under the shadow of his brother. And always, because if you've ever been in some position where someone is favored over you, um, you, you find yourself wanting approval. You find yourself wanting a word of encouragement. You find yourself seeking out some sort of uh, a validation in your life. And Joseph, Jacob was always in this position because Esau was more favored than he was. Esau was loved by his dad. And J Jacob was not as loved. And one time, uh, being spurred on by, by his mom, the Bible tells us that Jacob had to dress up like his brother once. That he put on some fur on his hands because, again, his, his brother was very hairy. And he went into his dad's uh, tent to, 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 to steal a blessing that belonged to Esau. To, to steal that blessing so that he could receive that blessing. I mean, if we're ever in a position where others are highly favored, you got to understand that in our human condition, we always desire some sort of validation. Whether you're going to admit it or not, our desire is to be accepted. Our desire is to be loved. And Jacob went to the length of dressing up as his brother. He put on his Halloween costume and he goes to his dad's tent in order to receive a blessing that he would never get if he was himself. Jacob, in order to get blessed, needed to pretend to be someone else. And the blessing that Jacob receives from Isaac may have been, because we don't see it in the Bible, the Bible doesn't expand on this story, but the blessing that Jacob robbed from Esau, the, J the, the, the blessing that 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 Jacob received from his father may have been the only positive word he ever heard from his dad and it had to be under false pretenses. Jacob was the victim of favoritism that was found in his family. But the interesting thing, church, and just please follow along with me. The interesting thing is that the very same thing that Jacob was a victim of, he became a perpetrator of. He became an inflictor of. So Jacob found himself being subjected to favoritism. And the very thing that possibly Jacob hated, the very thing that possibly made Jacob's life miserable, the possible thing that made Jacob's life bitter, he was inflicting it upon his own sons. Jacob experienced the pain of living under the shadow of his brother, he experienced what it felt to be left out, what it felt like to be left out. And when Jacob has sons, he also has a favorite above all others. Now, dads, I want you to pay attention. And moms, this is for you too. Young people, this is for you too. We have to understand that in our life, the hurt that we experience, 
the pain that we experience, either one of two things happens. It's either healed or it's handed down. The pain that you've experienced, it's only going to get healed or it's going to get handed down. And it's my hope today that this Father's Day, in this day where we celebrate our families, in this day where we celebrate just the experience of, uh, of having relationship within a family unit, that every man, every woman, every young man, every young woman would understand. I mean, if we could understand this, I could finish today. I could just finish now. It's been five minutes that I've been preaching. We could just go home already. If you could just understand that the pain and the hurt that you've experienced, you're either going to let it get healed or you're going to hand it down. Because those are the two things that can happen because we all experience some sort of pain in our lives. We all experience some sort of hurt in our lives. We are deceived by a trusted person. We are let down by a close relative. Uh, maybe a spouse is not faithful like they said they would be. And we all experience some sort of pain in some fashion or other in our lives. And we have to realize that we're going to do something with that pain in our lives. And we're going to either let it be healed or we're going to hand it down. Now what are you responsible for? You are not responsible for what was handed to you, but you are responsible for what you hand down to others. I want you to understand that pain in your life, you're not responsible for it because it wasn't your, you didn't ask for it. You didn't ask for someone to cheat on you. You didn't ask for someone to leave on you. You didn't ask for someone to lie about you. You didn't ask for someone to gossip about you. But what you can do is that you can be responsible with what you're going to do with it. And we have to understand that the only way that we're going to allow that pain or that hurt to be healed in our lives is to hand that thing that we have in our hands and we're going to hand it to God so that He can heal it. And in turn, instead of handing down hurt and pain to others, to our children, to our family members, to our friends, we're going to hand down blessings because we're receiving blessings from God. You may say, I'm not going to be like that. I hate that thing. I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like my mom. I will never ever treat my children that way. I will never ever behave in that matter. And it really doesn't matter what you may say. Listen church, Jacob hated knowing that he was never going to get the approval of his dad. That's why he had to pretend to be somebody else. But the truth is that you will reproduce what you know. You will reproduce what you see. And unless, unless you allow, see, some of us here, there's things in our lives that we got to hand off to God because all we've ever known is pain. All we've ever known is hurt. And we got to hand some things to God because we need to receive some new things in our lives. We need to let go of pain. We need to let go of the hurt. And we need to allow God to work in our lives so that we can receive something different. 
You may hate the fact that your dad worked so many hours and was never home. You may hate the fact that your dad never paid attention to you. You may hate the fact that someone always would be talking about you and you always played second string to someone else. If that doesn't get healed, you're going to hand it down. You will become what you hate. And the problem with this church problem with this is that it multiplies see in Isaac's case he had a he had two sons he favored one over the other and when it was handed down Jacob now is multiplying it not by one or two but he's multiplying it to where he is handing down to 11 kids this spirit of favoritism and if he continues, it would hand down now to a hundred or a thousand. It just grows and grows because what is not healed will multiply in our lives. So Isaac has two sons. One feels the rejection. Now Jacob has 12 sons. Eleven feel the sting of the father's rejection. And one of the roles as fathers... One of the roles as men and one of the roles as mothers as well is that we hand things down to our children. Especially fathers, we hand our names down to our kids. We hand our blessings down to our children. In the Bible, not only would fathers hand down material blessings to their children and divide inheritances to them, but they would also, we will read about, the, about these transitions in their lives where the father would gather his family as it was his time to go as he was he was drawing near to his time where he would meet God and he would approach his children and he would put their hands on them and he would bless them and he would impart a blessing over their lives and as fathers we need to every man in this house every young man you need to understand as fathers we will hand down things to our children Becomes a question of what do you want to hand down? What is it that you want to give? And my hope here is that today is that we can understand that we have to let go of this hurt and this pain because you can only give what you've been given. If you've never received unconditional love, you cannot give unconditional love. If you've never been blessed, you will not be able to bless others. And it's time that as fathers and as parents that we come to God realizing what is at stake. There are transitions in our lives. We're moving from place to place. Before you know it, you close your eyes, you open your eyes, and your son is graduated from high school. He's moving on to different phases of his life. And you begin to question, what have I given them? What have I taught them? What have I showed them? How have I led them? And you can only give what you've been given. See, I, I can walk up to, to any of you and ask you for $20,000. And even if you were willing to give me $20,000, if you didn't, no one's giving you $20,000, you're not going to be able to give it to me. Because you don't have it. And that's why we need to come to God. 
Because if we want to give unconditional love, we need to receive unconditional love. If we want to give grace to others, we need to experience the grace of God. If we want to forgive, we need to be forgiven. If we want to... Come on, church. You can only give what you've been given. You can only give what we've been given. Some fathers, they may use their hands to hurt us. But God uses his hands to bless you. And when you get the blessing of God in your life, you're able to give it away. So we find this, this generational dysfunction in, in Isaac's family. Then it moves on to Jacob's family. And we, feel, and we see Joseph. In the Bible, the verses that we read, Joseph has had a dream. It says that Joseph had a dream. And, and, and he shares the dream with his brothers. Now, God gave Joseph a glimpse into the future. Now, Joseph, the Bible we just read, he's 17 years old. And when you're 17, how can I put this lightly? When you're 17, you can, we can be, I'll, I'll include myself because I was 17. We can be a little lacking in wisdom. Now, I know not the city church young people. You guys know more than your parents, right? I know. I know. I know. It's not you guys. It's in another church. And Joseph shares this vision of the future with his brothers. He walks, hey guys, what's going on? Let me tell you about this dream I just had. You know, we were, we were gathering bundles of wheat, of grain, and, and guess what? My grain, the one that had my name on it, it all of a sudden stood up, and the grains that had your names on it, when they saw me, my grain stand up, they all bowed down to you, to me. What do you think about that? Yeah, Joseph in his coat of many colors, and the Bible says that obviously the brothers did not like the dream, and that, and that they hated him all the more for it. You got to understand that God will give you glimpses of the future. As you read his word, as you read his, 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 what he has to say to you, as you spend time in prayer, God will reveal certain promises that are for you and for your family. But it doesn't mean that you should be sharing everything that God gives you with everyone else. The Bible tells us that Mary had an angel appear to her. That you are highly favored. You will give birth to the one who will save his people. And the Bible tells us that when she gave birth to Jesus, that the shepherds came and they worshipped. And the Bible, if you read in Matthew, it says that Mary thought upon all these things and she meditated. And she kept them in her heart and she pondered them. She wasn't going to baby showers and telling him, guess what my son did today? I was giving him a bath and all of a sudden he just started working on water. Yeah, my kid, he's something special. He's got a purpose. He's got a... No, Mary pondered it in his heart, in her heart. The fastest and the quickest way to understand this thing about dreams is that when you share dreams with others... You will quickly see who's with you and who's against you. 
you will quickly begin to understand those that are for you and those who are against you. Because not every dream is meant to be shared with others. And not everyone wants to see you elevate. Not everyone wants to see you successful. They would rather see you in a hole, struggling the rest of your life, than to see you. They just can't handle it. Because they haven't received a vision for their future. Those that cannot handle your elevation, those who can't handle where God is taking them, taking you to, it's because they haven't seen what God wants to do in their life and they have no purpose, they have no reason for living, so they'd rather see you in the hole with them as well. Praise God. Some glimpses of our future are for us only. Or we share them with certain people just to get confirmation. And we ask God for wisdom as we move forward. And Joseph, he lacked a little bit of wisdom. And he shared this dream. And the Bible tells us that his brothers, they hated him even more than they already did. Now Joseph was the favorite. And in verse 12, we didn't read verse 12, but if you have your Bibles, it says that his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. Joseph's brothers are in a new area of pasturing the flocks. Joseph is asked by his dad, Israel, go check on the boys. I find this interesting because maybe, maybe, maybe if you and I were Joseph, knowing that our brothers didn't like me, like, like us very much, we might have told dad, you know what, dad, can't you send somebody else? They hate my guts. I want to wear my, my fancy robe and they're going to make fun of me again. Please send someone else. Send someone else. They don't like me. They hate me. They want to talk. They talk bad about me. They mistreat me. But no, Joseph, what he does is he says, very well. Another Bible version says, I am ready to go. And it's interesting because this moment, this passage that we just read is a very life defining moment for Joseph because he was about to leave home and he was never going to come back again. Ultimately, Joseph's life would lead him to the nation of Egypt where he would be the ruler of Egypt. No one could do a thing without having Joseph's permission but it all started with a simple, yes, dad, I will go. This is what I have found in my own life, that favor follows faithfulness. Favor follows faithfulness. If you want favor, you got to be faithful. But what I've seen is that there's many people that want favor but aren't willing to be faithful. The thing that allowed Joseph to be used by God was his ordinary, very simple obedience. God had a plan for Joseph's life. 
Many times you'll hear people say, I want to be used by God. I want God to do something great in my life. I want, I want to change the world. I want God's favor upon my life. I, I want to be successful. I want to change the world with a business that I start. And you want to change the world, but you can't obey your dad. Come on, I thought some parents would get excited there. I didn't think, I didn't think the young kids would get too excited. We, we want to change the world, but we don't want to be obedient to where God has us in this moment. Favor follows faithfulness, and we don't want to listen to what mom... See, the last time that I read Exodus chapter 20, uh, the fifth commandment was still there. To honor your father and your mother so that you may live a long life in the land that the Lord God gives you. Have you ever thought about the Ten Commandments? If you read them, the first four commandments are, are, are about our relationship with God. You shall have no other gods. You shall not make graven images. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. You shall honor the, the Sabbath. You shall keep the Sabbath. And then the next six, they have to do with our relationship with others here on this earth. The sixth commandment is you shall not kill. Think about that. Think about how God ordered this. Think about what God did here. All of us, we have no problem, I hope. We have no problem with the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. We understand this. This is ingrained in our hearts. We understand that killing is not right. We understand that murdering is evil. But God says that, even above you shall not murder, you should honor your father and your mother. That is even above you shall not kill, you shall not lie, you shall not envy, you shall... And this is even greater than any of the other things. Honor your father and your mother. But see, we live in a society that doesn't know how to do honor. I mean, we know, we know how to be, we know how to be sarcastic. We know how to be snarky. We know how to be smart-alecky. We know how to get the things that we want and not care too much about what somebody else wants. We don't know how to, be, how to do honor. We're beginning to lose that in society that, that, that we, we don't even honor the positions that, that people find themselves. And we don't even honor the, the, the offices that people hold. And if there is an office or a position that somebody holds in your life that's most important besides God, it's your father and your mother. It's the first commandment with the promise that if you want to live a long life, you need to honor It was obedience. Joseph, go check on your brothers. They don't like me, Dad, but I'll go. In fact, do you remember David and Goliath? The only reason that David was able to fight Goliath and which led him to find a room in the palace was because he was being obedient to his dad. Hey, son, why don't you take some sandwiches to your brothers? Yes, Dad, I'll go. Church, it's ordinary obedience that will lead us to extraordinary opportunities in our lives. You want favor in your life? 
be faithful. You want God to bless you, be faithful. You want God to move, then you, you, you move within what you already have. Stop pursuing favor and start pursuing faithfulness and you will see how favor will follow your life. We read in, in verse 18 that yes, he goes out. He goes out to check on his brothers. And his brothers, they, they see him from far off. And they say, they say, hey, here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him and let's see what becomes of his dreams. As we read in verse 18 and on, we begin to see what the brothers planned and what they did. And they, they decided to, to sell him into slavery. And when he went into slavery, uh, that he was bought by some Egyptians and they were taken. He was taken to Egypt where he was bought by a man named Potiphar who was a very important person in Egypt. And the Bible tells, him that, tells us that when Joseph was in Potiphar's household, he found favor with Potiphar that he began to run Potiphar's house the Bible tells us that Joseph was a good looking young man it says that's what, exactly what it says Joseph was well built and handsome maybe one day they'll write a chapter about you and they'll say that right he was well built and handsome and Potiphar's wife Notice Joseph. The Bible tells us that Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of something that he didn't do. And, and Potiphar ends up sending Joseph to jail. And, and Joseph ends up in jail. And guess what? Joseph gets in jail. And now he finds favor in the eyes of the warden. And he, begun, he begins to run the prison. They can't do anything without getting permission from Joseph. Here's the thing, church. We need to understand this. That there may be naysayers in your life. There may be haters in your life. There may be people that don't want to see you succeed. They want to throw you in a pit. They would rather see you dead than to be successful. But what you need to understand is that when God's favor is upon your life it doesn't matter what anyone does to you they may throw you in a pit but God will elevate you they may imprison you but God will bring you out they may say things that are not true about you but God will reveal the truth about your life if you are faithful in life God will use those around you to bless you but in the end it's God because if, if the favor you receive is from man, that can be taken away. Your brothers can take it away from you. Society can take it away from you. But if God is the one that gives you that favor, no one. They can try. And it may appear that they were successful, but no one can take that favor away. So they sell him. They sell him to... the into slavery we get to verse 31 we're still in chapter 37 and it says that they got joseph's robe 
his, his favorite robe, that, that robe he bought at Neiman Marcus, and they slaughtered a goat, and they dipped the robe in blood, and they took the ornate robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it's your son's robe. He recognized it and said, it's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, I will continue to, I will mourn myself into the grave. And his father wept for him. In verse 36, the all-important word, meanwhile. See, here, here's the thing. We all like the path of least resistance. I like where we live right now. Because when we go to church, I just get on pressing. I just go one direction, make one turn, and I'm here. It's easy. I get here easy. For many years, I, I, we, we lived in, 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 in Royce City. We lived there for 10 years. I would take the same path to go to work every morning. Really easy. I just get on 30, head down. I mean, there was some traffic issues that I have to deal with, but there was no complicated turns and twists. It was the easiest thing. From, get to, from getting to point A to point B, the quickest way is a straight line. We all know that. And we all like that. That's what we want in our lives. If only our, line, our, our lives were in straight lines. But God needed to figure out he has a plan for Joseph's life and he needs to get a young pasture boy into the palace of Egypt a thousand miles from his home I mean he could have gotten him from point A to point B he could have been here and all he had to do was walk a few steps and bam I'm in the palace but see that's not how God works in our lives because if we are just put into the palace we won't understand what our purpose is. Why do we even find ourselves in the palace? Why? How did we get here? I, I would drive home every day. And there were about three or four times during my 10 years that I absolutely could not use the same road because they closed 30 down. And I had to find a detour. And the problem with detours is that it makes your road longer. It's inconvenient. And in traffic situations, everyone's going the same way as well. And see, God says, I need to get Joseph into the palace. Come on, Joseph. You need to be faithful to your dad. And yeah, the palace is over there, but I'm going to take you over here first. Well, if I need to get over there, why am I over here? I'm going to continue to be faithful. And then all of a sudden, now he finds himself sold into, into slavery. And instead of going to where he needed to go, now he finds himself even further away. Wait, no, my destination, because I remember the dream that I had. I remember what I, I saw. I remember what God had for me. My destination is over there, but now I find myself in slavery. Now I find myself in a place where I don't understand why, how did I get here today? 
I'll be faithful. The Bible says that he was faithful. Then all of a sudden, instead of getting closer to that dream that God had given him, it seems like things go from bad to worse, and now he finds himself in prison. I am just getting further and further away from my destination. God, I've been faithful to you. God, I've served you. God, I've loved you. God, I go to church on Sundays. God, I've given my children to you. God, I read your word. God, I pray. God, I give my tithe. God, I give when I'm asked to give. God, I give when I'm not asked to give. Why am I having to take such a long way around? Then all of a sudden, he's faithful in that position. And now he finds himself even further away. Because he was forgotten in prison. But then one day, when dad thought he was dead, the Bible says, meanwhile, you got to give God thanks for those meanwhiles in your life. Because when you think that things are all going bad, when you think that you're going in the wrong direction, you got to understand that God is doing something in your life. God is taking you from one place to another. And it may not be a straight line. You may take some detours in life. But this is what I know. Detours never change the destination. Detours never change where you're going to. I was heading home, and even though I had to take a different route, I still ended up home. It may take me longer, but I appreciate it when I get home because I was tired. I was inconvenienced. It hurt. I went through some pain. I went through some hurt. But you know what? I ended up in the palace, and that thing that they meant for evil, God meant for good.